Welcome to .NET Rambles, a weekly podcast where Andy and Rowan discuss all things .NET related. Good afternoon, Andy. Happy Friday yet again. Hi, Rowan. It is Friday again. How are you doing? Doing very well, very well. Happy to be at the end of the week and uh, happy to be talking to you. How's your, how's your week been? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's gone quickly, actually, this week. Very quick, flown by. Um, not been too busy. Uh, I think it's just been lots of meetings, lots of phone calls, lots of other stuff happening. So not, not a lot of coding this week, other things happening, releases, getting releases ready, getting documentation together, that sort of thing. So it's been been that type of week, really. Yeah. Interesting. So it sounds like you may have had a bit of time to look at GitHub Actions <laughs> by the sound of it from what you were saying earlier in the week. Absolutely. It's funny you should say that. I did indeed get, some, get a little bit of uh, spare time to have a quick look, just to have a play with it. Uh, it's been something that's been on my list for a while to sort of do something with it because it's like a lot of these things. You sort of look at it, read about it, but until you do something with it, it's, it doesn't really, well, to me, it doesn't really sink in and sort of stick. So, you know, I've seen various things before with people doing stuff with, uh, you know, uh, CI, CD, all of that type of thing and um, various things. But, yeah, it, it's uh, interesting to have a play with it, give it a try and sort of see what it can do. It's an interesting point, that, isn't it? it I, I certainly find that I can't really get a sense of something until I try it and use it in anger and try and solve a real problem with it. And, you know, certainly Git, GitHub Actions is a really good example of something that you really have to try to to use in order to really get a sense of what it's all about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So so what have you been doing with it? So my, one, so my use case, I suppose, it was um, I've got a little package that I wanted to deploy to NuGet. So I built a little um, uh, bit of code, bit of C-sharp code that I packaged up into a NuGet package. And every, every time I do, I've, I've done it with a couple of packages before, and I did it once with MyGet. I had a way of getting in with MyGet, and I put them up there manually before. Yep. I thought this time I wanted to put something in there so that it's automated, so that I can just forget how to do it, because uh, I do forget every time. I have to go back and read up and find either tokens or build it manually, drag it and drop it, that sort of thing. So I thought this time I'm going to have it so that every time I uh, push it into source control, it will build it, package it and deploy it for me automatically or push it up to NuGet automatically. So Interesting. So you've got the source yeah. already in GitHub to you? Yeah, so I did. That was a repo I already had there, yeah. um, which was quite nice. So yeah, it's literally just a case of yeah taking the existing one and then um, adding this workflow, what they call a workflow, and um, yeah. adding all the requirements to it basically so everything that i normally do manually so things like you know building it running all the tests on it uh packaging it uh yeah. giving it a version number all of that type of thing and then um taking that file and putting it onto NuGet and making it available so yeah all, all of those sorts of things putting that into what they call a, a sort of a workflow um yaml file basically um, yeah and then adding that to my repo so it's source controlled which is really nice so you can keep making changes to it and then triggering it so triggering it Brilliant. in this case um, on a, a push um, with a tag, with a certain tag, So, uh, which is just the way I decided to do it. Obviously, there's loads of things you can do. So, yeah. Excellent. So that, that's an interesting point. So you can dev away in your repo. You can make changes. You can push changes. But it's not until you tag that repo in a particular way that your workflow will kick off and then package your package up and, and push it to NuGet. Yeah, exactly. That's the, so that's right. the way I wanted to do it in this case. Um, and it, there were a few examples of this out there. So I, I saw this as an example. Some other people had done similar things. And I thought, actually, that's quite a nice way of doing it. Because uh, what I want to do is sort of 
uh, keep pushing to GitHub. And then when I feel it's ready, I'll then tag it and say, right, actually, that's the version I want to generate a, a, a package for, a NuGet package, and actually push it out. Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. So I did it that way instead. And that way I didn't have to have, I don't, I don't have to have sort of multiple branches for it. I can just literally keep doing what I'm doing. It's only, it's only my local sort of, well, my personal repo. Um, so there's not a team working on it or anything. Obviously, with a team pushing to the, the main branch isn't so good. But yeah. yeah, for this, it's just me, a single developer doing it. So it's quite easy to do. And then, yeah, just tag it. When the tag hits, the workflow kicks off and magically appears on, on NuGet, which is great. Marvelous. Interesting. So, yeah, oh, interesting. It. So Git, GitHub Actions seemed like it had solved that problem quite well, quite nice mm. in that you can hook into to, to various events that happen in your source control system. But yeah. um, before, I guess, we sort of get into into any more of the, the details there, it might be worth just quickly running over exactly mm. what GitHub Actions is. If we sort of step back and look sure. at it, you know, look at the 30,000 foot, view of, of github actions what is it and why why do we really care about it what is it yeah good question i mean yeah sort of thing until you need it and until you sort of start looking for these things you don't really know it's there it's something it's, it's been added it's been in github quite a long time now it's, ba- it's basically um allowing you to automate um tasks build repeatable tasks uh, with with your um software lifecycle. so yeah obviously we, we talked about things like events so it's an event driven system you tell it what events you want to trigger a certain workflow and then you build your workflow out and obviously when that event gets triggered it kicks off does everything you've told it to so you can yeah basically just run a a series of commands based on your event um multiple events if you want so you can have push and and pull requests or whatever combination you want yeah Uh, there's there's absolutely there's well there's not thousands there's there's a lot of events that you that can trigger it so pretty much everything you do within github will trigger an event so things like tagging it um t- creating branches um, deleting uh, branches even starring things will, will trigger events so all of those sorts of things can trigger it interesting and, creating um, creating pull requests merging yeah, pull yeah. requests that sort of yeah, thing yeah all of that so pretty much yeah every, everything that generally you do through the ui yeah there should be an event behind it that you can hook into to trigger a workflow of some sort so Brilliant. Yeah, obviously the common ones like you say pull requests they'll trigger workflows um pushing to the the main branch is probably another good one where you know normally that's your trigger to create a release or something so yeah and automate all of that so, yeah and yeah. and are there are there time-based triggers as well so could you schedule certain things to happen every so often you know mm-hmm. n- not necessarily off the back of a source control event but off the back of a schedule for example yeah they do they they, they support schedule cron basically a cron schedule uh, you oh, can set up. um but you can only do it it's five minutes is sort of the shortest you can do um so if you need anything sort of lower than that you're out of luck with with github i'm, I'm guessing that's to protect themselves a little bit because obviously you don't want it kicking in too often but yeah so you can do that so and then yeah pretty much because it's schedule based pretty much do anything you want yeah. um I've, I've not used it for schedule based to be honest I, I need to find a use case for that and actually try it but things i found you know things like closing um inactive issues uh, you can uh, have yep. an automatic thing that does that or uh, i did read a, a blog about somebody who'd actually used it to publish um blog articles um, so they've written um, a post, sorry, but yeah, blog posts. And, um, yep. you know, I think in this case, the person had written um, 12 posts up to Christmas. Yep. And obviously for the last three or four, he didn't want to be at his computer actually hitting the button. So he set up a scheduled based um, event that kicked uh... in. And obviously when he built, I think it was something, I think he was using Hugo to um, do his website on. And there's a yep. feature in that that allows you to have... Uh, delayed posts brilliant when, when that post 
came to the right date, it published it for him automatically. So published it up, nice. and, and with something like Hugo, that that is a static site sort of CMS essentially. Yeah, um, that's right. You, know, you, you you can't. So there's no scheduling built into the CMS itself. You sort of need yeah. to to generate the HTML, and once that HTML is there, then yeah. the site's live. So yeah, interesting yeah, exactly. use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice nice uh, use for it. So and it's sort of that sort of thing. You start thinking about that, and it opens up lots of other sort of options for you and you think well okay if i'm going to schedule something that's quite nice i can check things on a regular basis and yeah do do something like that which is quite nice yeah brilliant so like what it. sort of what cost are we talking about here these things generally have a free tier um and and is mm. the the thing that you were using it for was that a private repo or a public repo your new get package yeah so one i've got that that's a public one because um the source code is out there basically to allow people to look at it because it's a NuGet package and it's not a, a, a paid for thing so yeah. um, people can go and look at the source code if they want to see what it does before they add it so yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a, a public one um and we, yeah with a public one um i was looking this up earlier you, you get 2000 minutes free per month um right. for that so and um i work that back to about 33 hours a month you can actually okay. do that so yeah you know yeah. an hour, hour a day uh, sorry yeah hour a day roughly for a month and that's um, that's for actual course. workflow runtime. So if you've got that's quick right. quick quick things like mm. you know pulling down source code, building it, running some unit tests, that's you know those are generally quick operations, aren't they? So that's yeah. a, that's a fair bit of free compute time you get there. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know, it. And talking if, about that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's quite very generous. I mean, it's enough to do most things with it. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm don't think I'm going to run out with that. And even if I do, the next tier up, sort of, if you're doing four dollars a month paid for, you get another thousand minutes. Right. So. Yeah, so it's not it's not too bad. I think it'll probably fit everything I need it to do. Like you say, it's normally quick, and um, if you trim everything down and make sure it's doing only what it needs to, it's, yeah, it's quite good. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that I mean I, those examples I gave there uh, are, are example steps that you probably use in a in a CI or a CD sort of workflow. You know, pulling code, building it, running some unit tests, which is an obvious use case for GitHub Actions. What other sorts of use cases are there? I mean, you've you've talked about your new Git. Uh, package publishing or you know publishing some blog posts on a static site yeah. for example what other sorts of use cases could there be um i, I mean mm. i'm thinking of automate you know running automated ui tests like selenium tests for example uh could be could be something that you kick off in a, you know from a from an action yeah what, what other sort really. of use cases could there be yeah i was going to say really anything goes to be honest whatever you can think of because obviously you're you're writing the code for it to run and you're you know so you've got sky's the limit really um obvious things like you say yeah running running unit tests and it's quite nice yeah if you run user tests you can actually then do screenshots uh you can take those as artifacts you can do all that sort of thing updating github issues um notifying reviewers when you create a pull request so brilliant yeah. you send that out yeah um, and any anything really that you can think that you need to do as, as part of a, a check-in um you, you can yeah create create an event hook into it and put put your code against it so yeah that's Pretty brilliant, and given all of those events that that you've talked yeah. through, I guess there's you know the the sky is the limit, really, isn't it? And yeah. and uh, I guess I was just thinking about okay, well we've got GitHub Actions. Why would I look in a in a CI/CD sort of context or trying to sort of solve the CI/CD problem? Why would I look at GitHub Actions as a as opposed to you know more traditional CI/CD tools like Team City or Appveyor mm -hmm. or you know even Azure Pipelines? I know. Yeah. You know there are some similarities with with GitHub Actions, but mm -hmm. what what has GitHub Actions got over those other over those other tools? Yeah, I suppose biggest thing, the obvious thing, is that obviously it's all in one place. You're using one tool 
of basically course. to do everything. So you've got the the integration, everything together. Um, obviously, things like Team City, I've used that in the past, and that's you know that can hook into to Git. So that that would work as well. You can trigger things and do everything in there. But of course, that then requires you to have that running somewhere. Um, yeah. on, a, on a cloud machine or locally obviously you've then got the infrastructure for it you've got to maintain it all of that whereas all of this stuff through github it's taken care of for you it's it's basically write it and forget about it somebody else is taking care of all of the hardware all of the maintenance all of the upgrading yeah. all of that type of thing which is great and some of these things you know if you've got um, team city uh, not so bad i've set it up before on windows machines and um, a couple of times on linux it's, it's okay to set up it's it's fairly easy but you know other stuff um, Jenkins, Travis, Atveyor, all, all of these other ones to use. It's another thing to learn. It's another thing to actually understand yeah. and get to grips with. And another point in the pipeline where you've got to work out what's failing and, and yes. what's causing your builds to fail or something not to be deployed properly. So, so it's an interesting point that all in one sort of experience, mm. you get all of that GitHub goodness, don't you? You get things integrated into the GitHub UI. You get the status badges, I guess, built in, do you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get GitHub API. You know, I'd imagine all the, all the GitHub actions are available through that. Yeah. GitHub CLI as well, all under mm-hmm. that one roof of GitHub. It just makes, it. you know, management and operation a hell of a lot easier, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, all, all together under one thing. And, of course, the, the nice thing, it's free. If, if there was a cost associated with it, you'd probably look elsewhere to try and get something for free. But there's absolutely no reason not to use it, um, you know, while it's there and it hooks in. It's perfect. Brilliant. So yeah. let's think about defining these workflows then and these these actions. How do you define a, a workflow? So coming back to your example of your NuGet package, mm-hmm. how did you tell GitHub Actions, you know, how to how to how to build your code, what tests to run, how to pack it, and where to where to send it? How do you, how do you define it? Well, that, yeah. So obviously, you create these work files, uh, workflow file, and um, Basically, within that, you're creating a job, and a job contains um, steps. So each right. step is is generally the bit you need it to do. So for mine, uh, I had things like uh, checkout step, uh, step that installed .NET because I'm building a C sharp um, application. And yep. then uh, the nice thing about it following that is once I had my code checked out and the the .NET SDK installed, then basically it's just a case of then going back to what I do every day, which is just doing something like a .NET restore, .NET build, .NET test, .NET pack, and then a .NET NuGet push. So all of the commands that you need for that already had them. It was literally a case of just paste them into the uh, workflow file as um, a separate step definition, and it just works. Excellent. It's great. Excellent. So these are YAML files, are they, these these workflow files? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the workflow file, you create a YAML file, and um, obviously, yeah, lots of things go in yaml nowadays so there's lots of information about how they're structured and everything like that and it's it's a nice yaml format it's it's lots of documentation from github on how it's set up and um yeah you basically build them all of these actions there's built-in actions so you don't need to write all of this stuff the idea is that lots and lots of actions are pre-built by people yep so it sounds like all, all those .NET ones are available as actions yeah, already. So right. you weren't you weren't having to drop back to the command line or telling GitHub Actions, right? I want to execute a command line command here. There no. was an action for it, was there? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you yeah. get a, a most common one probably is the action slash checkout. So that yeah. will pull out your code and, and check your code out to to the local. And yeah. then yeah, for the .NET one again, it was an action setup.net and you tell it which .NET version. So it supports all the different .NET versions, which is great. And Brilliant. obviously following that, you've basically got an environment that's got .NET on it and you can do what you want with it then. So Interesting. It's, it's so, off you go. So 
so thinking through that, where is that actually running? Where is that workflow running? It's running on a on a VM spun up mm. for your particular workflow. Is it in running on GitHub infrastructure? Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, it's it's running in the cloud, and it's one of those things you sort of, you go don't care really. It's yeah. it's running somewhere, and I've I've not had to sort of configure it or um, bring it up or anything like that. It's just literally, yeah. As you as your workflow spins up, they give you a new VM a, a VM equivalent. Yeah. Um, and I believe every time you do it, you, you get a new clean one. Obviously, yeah. that's why you need all the steps. So yeah. you know you're getting a very clean machine. It's got no artifacts left over from last time. So it's, it's brand new. Put everything on it you need. And obviously, the great thing is that type of thing. You're getting the same build time and time again. Repeatable. It's, it's yeah, that's repeatable. that's really yeah. important, isn't it? it so, is and, and you mentioned having to install as, as one of the first steps in the workflow, having to install .NET. So if you're getting your fresh VM, you want to tell the you know the yeah. workflow okay well these are my dependencies so please install x y and z and yeah. are you are you defining the operating system as well that the that the particular workflow is running on in in that yaml file you, yeah you can yeah that's it depends obviously what you need um this one uses um a windows one uh, but there's yeah. linux ones so you, you yeah you can define the runner that it basically a runner that runs all these things so yeah you just tell it what you want uh, and yeah. they support off the top of my head i can't, i know they support linux and windows ones so Brilliant. You, you've got the ability to switch between them. That's interesting. So yeah. if I'm thinking through, right, I've got I've got a solution that I need to deploy to some on-premise infrastructure. Mm. And if I think about the fact that I store my source code in GitHub, that's great. And I think through, right, I'm going to build a GitHub action to automatically build that code, run some tests, and then deploy that to my on-premise infrastructure. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking through how you would get your workflow running on a GitHub agent, essentially running in the cloud, how that agent is going to have access to my on-prem infrastructure that's sitting behind my firewall on my, you know, on my corporate network. Do you know how how you'd sort of get around that? Uh, it's to be honest, it's probably not going to happen in all the companies I've worked in. If if you want to try and get something through the firewall into your company, it takes yeah. months and lots of paperwork. So basically, you basically have an on-premise runner. So you ah, take like the a GitHub runner. runner. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. rather than having it in the cloud, you're going to have that locally within your company. So it's already inside your firewall. There's no um, no rules to get it in. It's it's talking back to the GitHub and sending it back all the statuses and all the information about your build. Ah, brilliant. That's obviously going out over standard ports and it's talking to particular servers. So it's, you know, it's a lot safer. So yeah, you just run this thing up internally. And again, you can run it on um, a real machine. So on bare metal, or you can run it in containers or virtual machines. It's totally up to you. It's literally just a a, a GitHub hosted runner, a self runner that you install on those machines to allow it to kick off. That's a clever model, really, isn't it? Because if you think through that that model, you'd have your self hosted runner running on-premise on your infrastructure using a pool model so i'd imagine it's talking back to github action saying have you got any work for me Mm -hmm. um and it's the github action sort of centralized service that is orchestrating all the work that it farms out to its runners Um, so therefore you're still keeping your workflow in your source control repo uh, which which is you know obviously hosted by github um but the the git hub action infrastructure is then farming the work out to your runners so that's that's quite a cool right. a cool way to do it yeah it, it is it, it's sort of i mean it's a many fold really that obviously you've, you've got over this problem of having internal runners so you, you've got around all the security issues and stuff like that and yep. obviously with that what that means is you can actually then get much beefier machines to run your builds so you can actually then uh, have it running a lot quicker you can obviously scale them out and have more of them yep. and of course what this has allowed you to do you take take your current infrastructure and you you can use as much of it as you like you can 
add, add additional stuff. You could even put it on cloud if you, if you want. If you've got another cloud provider that you use, you can put it out there. Yeah. Um, but then obviously you've got full control over it. So you're maintaining it. You've got it all there. And what that can do is if you then there's no, I, I think the limits for um, run time is then gone because you're not actually using their infrastructure to run it. You're running it on yours. So the, the limit in yep. minutes has gone. Ah, Your 2000 limit. Not a problem anymore because you're running it locally. And obviously, what you could do, I could do it here. I could just run it on a, a Windows machine I've got, or on a, a little machine I've got in the corner running. Um, stick the runner on that and use that instead. So, you know, there, there's ways around the limits that are there. And if you do go over them, you can just have that running locally. That's brilliant. I'm nice. thinking through. I'm thinking through a use case where I might be working on a legacy system uh, that was mm. written a long time ago. And in order to build that system, you need certain dependencies on a machine. Mm-hmm. So rather than running a workflow in a GitHub hosted workflow VM, you may need to build a machine, uh, sorry, build that software on a machine that you've got control over that's got all of those dependencies installed on it. Um, yeah. I've, you know, I've worked in numerous roles, we all have really, mm. where you've had to deal with old software and no one knows how to build that software apart from, you know, the dev who's been there for 20 years and has got yeah. all the old software installed on their machine so using a self-hosted runner you could quite easily set up a, a machine with all of those dependencies on it still store yeah. the source you know up in github mm. um, and have a nice workflow associated with with building it and and have a machine that can actually build it with all those all those dependencies ready to go so yeah absolutely idea, isn't it, it? yeah it is it's probably i mean that's a really good example of it i, I doubt there's a way i mean there, there probably are ways you could do it on on in um github's runners but it's going to be a lot harder and you're going to have a lot more to do. And obviously, like you know, like I said, you've got to set that up every time. Whereas if you've got local ones, you can have it set up in a particular way. So it's just set up once, take an image of it, and then you've always got a copy of that and you can keep going back to it if you need to. So yeah, Interesting. definitely, yeah. definitely a way of doing it. Which is quite yeah, nice. brilliant. So, Interesting. Yeah. I'm just thinking through... Through a corporate sort of workflow and thinking, thinking, you know, rather than just you working on your open source NuGet package, if I was working as part of a, a bigger team uh, and that team wanted to set up some approval sort of steps or approval gates through a workflow. So, for example, coming back to the to the CICD sort of use case. If we get to the point in the workflow where you want to start deploying out to different environments, you might be happy to deploy to a test environment automatically but when it comes time to deploying to a production environment people may want certain approvals or you know people to to have to manually step in and say yes actually i'm happy for that production deployment to go ahead do you know if there's any way in github actions that you can set up approvals or sort of approval gates i'm pretty sure there is yeah it's not something i've done with the repos i've got but there there's quite a few um videos that I've watched where people have got that type of thing built in. So you have got the approval system and um, obviously uh, you've, you, you know, you've got the normal stuff where you're actually going to test it. If there's um, build failures, it's not going any further. If there's test failures, it's not going further. If there's linting issues, it won't go any further. But yeah, I think there, there are ways of setting up all the various environments so that you can say, actually certain people can push to uh, a, a test environment or a dev environment. And then a, a different group of people can then approve that and um, allow it to go out to a pre-prod environment or something. Right. And then obviously a much smaller group that could then actually allow that out to a, um, or approve it to go to a production environment. So Brilliant. yeah, all, all that sort of stuff you should, you should be able to do through the, the pipelines anyway that are there and adding the, the actions obviously allows you to control a bit more and do a bit more with it. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of thinking off the back of that, 
uh, ahead to thinking about, thinking about some more complex sort of use cases. So again, in the CI/CD space, um, if I'm thinking about your package and if I have a you know a, a source, you know, a code base that relies on your package, for example, this is purely hypothetical. Um, but you know, if I if I rely on your package or I rely on some other source needing to be built in order to be, be able to build my job, um, then I start to think, okay, well, maybe I might need a dependent sort of workflow. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I don't want my workflow to start until another workflow is successfully completed. So that starts yeah. to point to sort of dependent jobs. Are there, can, mm-hmm. can you get that complex with, with GitHub Actions? Yeah, it's, it's a sort of, uh, again, you sort of when you when you do these things, depending on how deep you go into them, you just scratch the surface. And um, for me doing it as a as a single developer, obviously I'm using a tiny amount of it all. But yeah, it, it can be as complex as you want to make it. So there's the ability to have dependent jobs, so you can obviously kick off jobs based on other jobs, um, build matrices, caching dependencies, uh, using labels to, to do routing of workflows, service containers, databases, pretty much whatever you want. Um, obviously, you, you've got built-in secret management as well. Ah, brilliant. Um, yeah, so, that's, what, that's always a good one. So you're not storing yeah. your passwords and your secrets in, uh, you know, in your config files no, in source who, control. Yeah. Who does who does that? <laughs> yeah, silly, silly thing to do. Yeah. I don't know who do that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, all of that thing. I mean, it is it's enterprise level. It really is. It's got pretty much everything you need to to run this. That's brilliant work for yeah work for any any size company i would think yeah that's brilliant so so thinking back to those actions you mentioned that mm. the, the you know those net actions that you needed were built in mm. if those yeah. are built in and i come across a use case where i want an action that hasn't been created yet is it possible yeah. to build your own actions yeah so there is there's an extension point where you can build what are called custom actions so yeah, okay. if you need to to add your own one that's when you're going to come across i mean again if uh, well, yeah, there's going to be cases where you need them. Obviously, there's a marketplace for actions, so there's there's a huge amount out there anyway, and there's a, a lot of people that have built things that you're doing. Uh, I mean, yeah, one of the ones I needed, I needed something that could grab me the um, actual uh, version label that I tagged. So, right. uh, obviously, I initially thought I'm going to have to write something for that, but there's a, a get version action that somebody's written. Uh, Bat- Batilia 7 is the one I use. Batilia oh, yeah. 7 get version action. So... Um, somebody's written that and put it out there already for me, so it didn't, you know, save me the time doing it. But yeah, if you need to, you can build a custom action, uh, which basically interacts with your repository however you want. Uh, you can call GitHub APIs, um, any third-party APIs, so you can pretty much do anything you want. Um, and then, yeah, you can define. I think with those, you can define Docker containers uh, and JavaScript actions. Um, so there's a few ways of doing it, depending on, I, I suppose, how how complex it's got to be or how, how sort of difficult it is to build. Um, Marvellous. But I mean, the, the, the good thing is you can package that, that, you know, tiny bit of workflow mm. up and, and reuse it over and over and over again. So if you're, yeah. you know, if you're a team that's got lots of workflows going on and you're doing similar things all over the place, you can build up your own toolkit, can't yeah. you? And, and, yeah. and reuse them in, in all of your different workflows. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's like anything. It's the sort of thing if you find you're doing it all the time, it would make sense to, to, you know, if you've got multiple projects trying to do the same things, you're going to build up common actions for those that they can all be reused. Um, and you can you can build composite actions as well. So if you find a few, a few of those that actually you're always using in the same way, you could build a composite action to, to bring them all in and do the same thing. Marvellous. So, yeah, Marvellous. yeah, so it's pretty much, 
again, yeah, build build any type of action you want. I guess there would be a few that you might build as a, a corporate enterprise level customer. You might want your own unique actions that don't generally use somebody else's untrusted code. Yeah. So yeah, there's yep. a way of doing it. So, there's a way of doing yeah. that, and yeah. and then sharing it out to the rest of the world if you uh, if you really yeah. want to. Giving it, yeah, yeah, giving back basically. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. yeah, put it out there and yeah, see if people need it. So, yeah, Marvelous. Well. It's it's obviously got a massive backer in Microsoft now, GitHub being owned by Microsoft, um, and there has you know there is talk in the community around the fact that Microsoft obviously owns GitHub now. Microsoft have also have Azure DevOps and Azure pipelines, which is very similar to GitHub Actions in a lot of ways. Uh, but there is some concern out there that Microsoft are pouring all their time and effort into GitHub Actions and not spending so much time on uh, on Azure DevOps and slash pipelines anymore, yeah. uh, which is interesting. But, um, you know, hearing your experience of, of GitHub Actions and just, you know, talking through all of those, all of those different extension points and and possibilities it's it's you know it's it's an all singing all dancing sort of workflow mm. system really isn't it and yeah. and sounds brilliant so um yeah i can't yeah. wait to uh to get in there and, and give it a go yeah give it a try just yeah get stuck in with it really marvelous good good will do well how about that as always it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. um and uh i learn something new every time i talk to you it's uh, i look forward to these friday afternoon chats no, it's useful isn't it it's good to talk about this stuff and sort of see what see what we've been able to learn during the week so yeah i uh, i look forward to the to next week's one to next week yeah, yeah. friday beers here we come all right good Fantastic. stuff well good to talk to you and uh talk to you again next week yeah thanks for that have a good weekend Speak cheers, to you soon. You too. bye cheers bye